Welcome into the Off the Post podcast. I'm Nick Devayan with my co-host Lucas Takashi. Today we're going to be talking about the transfer window, some of the signings that have already happened, and then some rumors that we've been hearing. And then we're going to talk about what we look forward to this year in football. We hope you guys enjoy the show. Welcome in, everybody. Lucas, Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's to you as well. Uh, welcome into the show. We got a big one. Um, yeah. What'd you, what'd you do for New Year's? Anything fun? So I ordered, uh, I ordered like Let's Meet Steakhouse, which is really good when you dine in, but like the, the food was decent. It was cold like when we had sat down and eat, uh-huh. even though it, like I live maybe like 10 minutes away from from that place now, but uh, still still pretty good. And then the next day, I, I love all Let's Meet, by the way. You I love Let's Meet? Yeah. I love I love the old location. I I haven't been to the new one. I don't know how the new one is, but the old location, oh man, uh, I would go all the time. I remember you telling me when you and uh, Jacqueline I think first went right. So yeah. you, you guys like you told me about it. You said it was really good. Uh, I don't remember where the old location is, but the uh, the, the new one looks fancier. I gotta say it looks fancier. Okay. Yes, you're right. So, so like this one, it just looks fancier. Like it's got like a high end restaurant type of vibe. From, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it was more casual looking when you went. I don't remember. It was, yeah. But the food uh, I heard it was a lot better. But anyways, that that's besides the point. <laughs> We're here to talk soccer. Right, you're right. We're here to talk soccer. The January transfer window is upon us. There's a lot of uh, moving pieces around already within a week. So just crazy stuff going on. Let's just get into it. Um, I think where where we should start is uh, the transfers that already have happened. And then we can get into the rumors that we've been hearing. Okay. Sound good? Yeah, let's go. So uh, I think the first one off the bat, right? Uh, do you want to talk about our boy Kieran and Trippier going back to Yeah. The- yeah, I mean, Newcastle is just going straight into it. Uh, we knew that they would be big spenders. They're going straight into it, getting Kieran Trippier um, for a fee of roughly $15 million. Uh, they needed a right back. They need a lot of pieces. So that is a huge signing for them because he is he's quality. Uh, he's decent at free kicks. He's a very attacking-minded uh, right back. And he's done well for both England and Atletico Madrid. Uh, this great signing for them, but they need more than a right back to continue to do well. Uh, but yeah, that that's the first signing that has come out. Yeah, I agree with you. I I want to say though, like with Newcastle, right? I, I feel like they always talked about signing players and then they never did. It must feel refreshing for them to target a player to sign him very early. And yeah. then to move on to the next phase of their business, you know. So I like the signing too. I think that's like a, I think it's a solid B plus signing. The fee's good. Uh, he solves a need, right? And then also, if you think about it, he's not the player he was at Tottenham. Like he's gotten better at Atletico. He was yeah. part of the reason that they they won the title, right? So the the way that they would play often in a play that would kind of cause Suarez to score all these game winners last season was. Uh, you know, Lorente the Trippier, Trippier into Suarez for the score. So, so you know, he's he's become a very good player. Uh, I rate him higher than I did when he was at Spurs, and I think sure. obviously obviously a clear upgrade for for Newcastle United. Yeah, for sure, I agree with that. 
I mean, given that we're talking about Newcastle already, there are some other transfers that there there are rumors going around for them. Um, the first being Sven Botman, the center back from Lille. Uh, I saw that they're interested in in getting him, and also he liked an Instagram post of him photoshopped in a Newcastle jersey. So that's very interesting. Uh, he was a very important piece to that Lille side to win the uh, Ligue 1. And that could be a big, big like opportunity for Newcastle to improve their defense. They're getting two stud players right away. Um, it, it could change the course of their course of their season. And then yeah. also seeing two other attacking players, the first being Anthony Martial and then Jesse Lingard, both United players who want to get out, uh, seeing Newcastle are interested in them. But that doesn't seem as closer to get done than the Sven Botman one. Yeah, yeah, I like the Sven Botman signing if it's to happen. And I see it seems to me that it's it's going to happen, right? So I really like that. I think they really need a left back too. So uh, Javier Manquillo is their, their starter currently, and he's not that good. He is 4 million pounds on Fantasy Premier League. And he is, you know, one of the most common players everyone signs because of how cheap he is and the fact that he's a starter. But he's not that he's not that good. And they need a clear upgrade. If they get Boatman and then they get a left back, I would really like their chances of staying up. I think we, what we said, you know, last episode is whatever they do on, in this window is really, you know, it's, it's them getting re- relegated or staying up is really just dependent on this window. Yeah. So, so we'll see. Uh, but very promising start. Very promising start for them. Uh, another confirmed transfer. Well, not a transfer, but a loan. Uh, Coutinho reuniting with, with Steven Gerrard at Aston Villa. A uh, half-season loan. Um, Aston Villa are uh, paying 65% of his wages. So that means Barcelona still has to pay for 35% of it. Um, but that could be, I mean, Villa already, they had really strong signings in the summer. They brought in Danny Ings. They brought in, uh, Buendia. Uh, they, they had a great transfer window in the summer. And I mean, this is just another piece to their transfer to their team. They're going to get the depth. They're going to get, uh, another quality player, but Coutinho is not the Coutinho of old. He's not the Coutinho from Liverpool's days where he was, uh, I would say, one of the best top three players in the Premier League. Um, He was just a force to be reckoned with. He is not that same player. But we'll see what can happen with uh, him at Aston Villa because if he is a sub, super sub coming on, that's a dangerous player coming on for Buendia. Or that's a dangerous player, Buendia, coming on for Coutinho. Um, yeah, I think that's a great signing for them, especially for a loan, especially not having to pay his full salary, which is quite a lot. Uh, it's smart business for them. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, I, Barcelona, I read, wanted to make the uh, the loan obligatory where they purchase at the end, but they, they sell for an option uh, at 40 million euros, which I don't see Villa picking up no matter how good and well Coutinho performs but there is a there is a path for him to be signed permanently you know Steven Gerrard is the one that wanted him specifically and I think 
and like he at his peak, right? At his peak at Liverpool, uh, he was very similar to Grealish in the fact that he would carry the ball forward a lot for Liverpool. But yeah. the only difference is that he would score and assist like quite a bit. So, I mean, with Coutinho, can he get back to that? I don't think so. But I think this fills kind of like the hole that Grealish left in the summer because I think Steven Gerrard, what he wants to do is he wants to have uh, an interchangeable, you know, like forward attacking midfield line. Yeah, behind, you know, behind the strikers that he plays. So having Bundia, having Coutinho, you know, having – I forgot the name of the the signing they made from Bayer Leverkusen. You know who I'm talking about, right? He's currently injured. He's currently hurt. But, like, having those types of players where they're interchangeable uh, on that line behind the forwards is something that's going to be crucial to how they play. And, like you said, I like the signing. Yeah, 100%. Um, With Villa, I mean, we've talked about Villa quite a bit. Is there any other signings in the Premier League that you've seen – uh happened in the past week so there's there's nothing that i've seen that really uh stands out but i can i can tell you like something that's very interesting to me and that's uh ainsley maitland niles going on loan from arsenal to roma so the only reason this is really interesting to me is just because of the fact that um you know Partey and El Nani are two of our center midfielders, and they're away for about a month because of AFCON. So, mm-hmm. so with that, and Aubameyang obviously too, but he's not currently in the squad. But with those two center midfielders, them being gone, Maitland-Niles going out on loan, right? We really only have Lakonga and Xhaka, and then we have a couple of youth players behind them. So like, that's not going to be enough. For, for the next month, month and a half, to rely on two senior players to to fill those roles. So I, I just think that this indicates that Arsenal are going to sign someone, whether it be on loan for the rest of the season or permanently, uh, to fill that void in the, the center of the midfielder. So I think, I think that's going to be a good indication of what's to come. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I, I completely forgot about the uh, Maitland-Niles. Uh, Maitland uh, Loan. Um, do you know if there's an obligation to buy at the end? There's no. There's no buy. It's there's no obligation or there's no option. It's just a. Uh, a, a I think it's like a 600k loan. Yeah. Uh, for him to go, and then also he. Uh, it's just to get game time for him. Really, like that's all it is. He's gonna return, and they're just covering his salary. Yeah, that's solid. That's solid for Arsenal. Yeah. Um, and that's also solid for Roma because they need players. They've been banged up, injured. Um, yeah, so it's it's a decent signing. But the thing is, thing that I should be worried about for Roma is that he didn't get a lot of playing time with Arsenal. What's he going to be like for Roma? Is he going to even be a player of value? Yes, he's a player for the future, but like, is he going to be valuable now to the club? Um, that's that's something to watch out for. Speaking of the city, uh. <clears throat> One transfer that isn't necessarily important, but it's important in terms of it can impact another player's move is uh, Piatic, the striker signing for uh, Fiorentina. The reason that's so important is because Fiorentina are currently 
trying to hold on to their star striker, Dusan Flahovic, and Arsenal are pushing to sign Flahovic. Um, the signing of Piatek can give Arsenal a lot of leverage, like a lot of leverage. Flahovic uh, is literally a, a, an incredible striker, scoring goals left and right this season, still only 21 years old. And him and Piatek going there seems like Fiorentina is just preparing for the fact that they're going to sell him. Um, but yeah, that's that's one thing to watch out for with Vlaovic. It's possible he can go to either, either to Juve or to uh, Arsenal. The reason he can go to Juve is because Barcelona are interested in signing Morata. So they need to fill that void. Arsenal need a striker anyways. Lacazette is done and dusted. Obama Yang is off the team pretty much. Um, so Vlaovic could be a big signing for them. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, with Arsenal, they uh, they have Florian Balogun, who they loaned out to, to Middlesbrough. So that's one striker that uh, is gone that we're missing. And then Aubameyang is off the squad, right? So that leaves Enkedia, who's going to leave at the end of the season, and Lacazette, who is also likely to leave at the end of the season. I think, I mean, I read somewhere because Lucas Torreira is on loan from Arsenal to Fiorentina that... Arsenal are considering, you know, making an offer of like 50 million plus euros plus Torreira for Blahovic. Uh, you know, I listen. I like him a lot. He's really good. He's super young. He fits the type of player that they want. It's just going to be so hard to to see if he's willing to come over, right? Because I read rumors before that they're not interested in him going to Arsenal, but then I see rumors that they, that he is, right? That he is interested in going and that. It's really his decision on whether he wants to leave or not. So it's it's going to be interesting for me to see what happens. If we don't get Blahovic, I'm also interested in Alexander Isaac from Real Sociedad, right? Which is something you brought up to me, I think, yesterday. Uh, also a really good striker. Also has, like, all the qualities you will want in a forward. So just some crazy stuff going on right now. Yeah, that kid's a stud. Super Alexander stud. Isak, Isaac, whatever, however you say it, he is a stud. Um, yeah, but it's definitely something to watch out for in January because uh, Fiorentina is wanting to essentially get the funds right away, probably uh, get the... Uh, his value right now is so high because he's so doing so well, so they want to maximize that value. Um, if he ends up, his form starts dipping, then the value is going to drop. For Vlahovic. Um, but yeah, I mean, with that, I think those are the main rumors that have come about. And I think we need to start talking about the summer. Because right now, there are three players. There's a huge number list of players who are going to be free agents in the summer or who have a significantly lower transfer cost. And the two that we should probably talk about the most is Mbappe and Erling Holland. There's been a lot of smoke surrounding both the players. Mbappe, we pretty much know what's going to happen. We know he wants to go to uh, Real Madrid. But Nick, I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are with Erling Holland. I mean, so this is so interesting because in the summer when we talked about this, right, Real Madrid had made... Uh, three bids 
for Mbappe at 160, 180, and I think at the end, 200 million euros to try to get him to come. So just that action alone, whether or not PSG accepted it or rejected it, gives Mbappe the confirmation that Real Madrid want to sign him, right? Like outright, like they want to sign him. And so when he's, when he leaves for a free or whether he resigns, he knows that that interest is there. Yeah. What that also did, right, by PSG n- not accepting that bid, which I think at the time is a mistake, no matter how much money uh, means to them, is they, there's the understanding, right, that if they had accepted that, Real Madrid would be 200 million euros short for this upcoming summer. But because they rejected it and Mbappe potentially will leave on a free, that opens up Madrid's budget for the summer for this year. So I, if, I'm, if I'm looking at Holland, right, and the top suitors, I just think that Real Madrid right now would be the, probably the club at the top of the leaderboard, just considering the fact that they can afford him via the transfer fee, the agent fees, like everything that comes into it. And it won't make a dent on their plans this summer because they had already allocated 200 million euros for Mbappe the summer before, right? So that's what I think. Um, I don't know. I also would, wouldn't be surprised if he stays another year, Lucas, to be quite honest with you. I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening whatsoever because another year just means that he's going to go for free and Dortmund want to maximize his value. Um, I think what's, I think Holland has a huge ego that he won't want to play with Mbappe, knowing that Mbappe is going to go to Madrid, I think Holland's ego is going to prevent him from going to Madrid. Uh, crazier things have happened. Like it's very possible that they they both play on the same team. But if he wants to win the Ballon d'Or down the line, I think he'll want to have the team on his own. And I think the team that is probably going to be most interested in him and the team, I would say. Right now, I'm leaning 60% chance that this team is going to sign him. It's Man City. I think Man City are a team that need a striker. They need that poacher, and that's Erling Holland. They have all the playmakers, and Holland just fits that mold perfectly. Yeah, I need it, but it's what I, I think they are a Holland away from winning the Champions League. They're a Holland away from being one of the greatest teams ever, honestly. Yeah. Because think about it. Like, if if Holland signs for Man City, right, the over-under for goals he scores in his first season, if I put – if I said it was 50 goals, Lucas, he scores 50 goals over-under, what would you take? Over. Over, right? Like, yeah. you had maybe thought about it for, like, two seconds. But the, yeah. your, 50 goals was – 50 goals is, is quite a lot. If, if you said 40, I'd be over in a second. No, for sure. For sure. But I'm saying what I'm saying is it only took you two seconds to decide. Yeah. Or like you didn't have to think hard about it, right? Yeah. So, I mean, he's just he's guaranteed to fit a mold that Man City needs. Whether he wants to join or not, it's really up to him. Like he has he has it's not like PSG and Mbappe where PSG is just not going to, you know, accept any other fee and is willing to risk him leaving for free. Dorman, like you said, do want the fee, but at the same time, you know, like Holland really controls where he wants to go. Yeah, he does. Um, it's all about and well, it's Holland and his agent, Mino Raiola. 
Yeah. I mean, it's all about how much money they can get. And And Holland's dad. And Holland's dad, yeah. Um, But, yeah, uh, it's going to be really interesting because I think there's going to be a lot of contract offers coming up in the next, like, three weeks for Erling Holland, And I think he wants to get it sorted by the end of this month. So that's one thing to watch out for. Yeah. Uh, So my question to you, right, is – for like these this transfer window for this month what are some news that like what are some like news that like you just hope to hear like some rumors you hear that you hope come true what are what are some things that you're wishful for for this transfer window manchester united sign a center mid uh at cdm whatever that may be a defensive minded center midfielder what we need midfielders so they sign one one for the future, one for currently. Like, somebody that's just good. Uh, somebody that's off the top of my head that I would really like, and it probably won't happen, Ruben Neves. I've wanted him for a few transfer windows now. He's fantastic. He is such a quality player, which is a good playmaker and also good defensively. So uh, that's a player that I would love Manchester United to sign. Not going to happen. Owners suck. It is what it is. Uh, and second, I'd like to get confirmation of who the Manchester United manager will be in the summer. So they can focus on the transfer window for the upcoming summer, how it fits with the managerial style of that new manager, and how they can take the next step. Because right now, Manchester United are abysmal. Uh, they're not in a good place. They've essentially taken a step back uh, because of the business that because of one business they did in the summer, which is the Ronaldo signing, which significantly impacted the growth of other players, it's it's happened to teams in uh, it happened to Juve. Now it's happening to uh, United. I loved the signing at the time because I it prevented City from getting him, but it has stunted our growth and. Uh, so that's the one thing that I want United to get, a CDM or a center mid, whatever it may be, and the manager to get confirmed. Yeah, I think I think with Ronaldo, right, in hindsight, it's easy to, to put it on that signing. But I think, you know, if they had the right pieces, I don't think the situation, like, would have ended up being the way that it was or the way that it's ha- it has been, right? You have Marshall, who, to be honest, we like love the potential, but the past two seasons have been really disappointing for from him. And yeah. he's someone that's gonna go. Lingard's gonna go, right? So you have like Cavani's gonna go, right? So we have three offensive players that are leaving. That leaves you uh, just off the top of my head: Greenwood, Sancho, and Rashford, right? Rashford has been not good this season. Like to his standards, he has not been good. And it just, it sucks, but right. But I think the offloading of players within the next transfer window uh, or two transfer windows is going to be beneficial for sorting that situation out. I do ultimately agree though. Like you need, you need a central defensive midfielder for sure. I think, I mean, listen, my hope for this transfer window is obviously that Arsenal signs a striker, but uh whether they sign this player or not, they're going to sign a center midfielder. But Frank De Jong, 
if he was to transfer out to Barcelona, it doesn't matter where, it just goes to a different place, right? Manchester United or Arsenal or stay, oh, I don't want him to stay at Barcelona, but just goes somewhere else, just goes somewhere else. I just like Man United specifically just because I like the Donny van de Beek, the young pairing. I yeah. think it's going to be great, especially if you want Ten Hag to be your manager, just perfect. Yeah. Uh, with De Jong, though, I love him because he's left-footed, he's, he can play the pivot, and you have him with Partey in the center of the midfielder, I think that's deadly. So, I mean, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, that's just one player who I would really love to move uh, or to have, you know, gone to just a different club in this transfer window. I don't care which club, but that's just uh, a move that I would look forward to seeing. That would be crazy, actually. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, I mean, we can also talk about other transfers like Pogba, who is going to be a free agent as well. Um, see what he's gonna do. I, I saw that United offered him five hundred thousand a week, uh, for a new contract, which would make him the highest paying, uh, Premier League player. I, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Can I? Uh, can, can I do? I, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say I know this is a bit of a hot take, but he's not worth that money. Like he's not. He's not the same player he was at Juventus. You cannot. He's just not. He's just not. Uh, he's not. The player that you know thought they were getting when they signed him. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I. But yeah, it's definitely something to watch out for. Oh, what do you think about this? What do you think about a Pogba for the young swap? I'll do that. You do that? Okay. Yeah, 100%. I think I would end up doing that too. I think that's a great move for both sides if they were to do it. Yeah, one hundred percent. All right. With that being said, Lucas, uh, I think we covered transfers pretty well for now. Yeah. It's only been it's only been a week, uh, and I'm sure we're gonna have some crazy news in the following two to three weeks that we record. But with that being said, we're gonna get into 2022 and what we look forward to for this year. So you can get started. What are you looking forward to this year? World Cup. Uh, it's literally it's the World Cup year. Um, it's every four years as of now, uh, making it just so much more impactful. It's like you look forward to it every single year. Like me knowing Switzerland is already in it, like uh, I'm hyped. I'm hyped. I can't wait to see how they do next year. Um, it is from November to December. So that's that's a bit different. We will have to wait another six months than we normally would have. But the World Cup. Uh, World Cup qualifiers for the playoffs, like Portugal, Italy in the same group. One of those teams is not going to make the World Cup. It's just a lot to look forward to in the World Cup. And I know we don't really talk about international football as much, but the World Cup is the World Cup. Everybody watches it. Everybody enjoys it. Even if you're not a fan of soccer, you watch the World Cup. Yeah, man. The World Cup in the summer is just like so special, right? It's just like only thing that's going on and they have their stage to themselves and then you know it's just it's just the best sporting event in the world period yeah but, so there's no debate about it and no I, debate whatsoever right and i think uh moving into the winter i don't think anything's going to change i mean we obviously have talked about how much we hate uh qatar being the location of choice and fifa and like all their corruption like we can get go on and on about that but I agree with you. That's going to be so much fun. Uh, I don't know, like, how that impacts the season as a whole, like, what they're going to do. I don't – I haven't looked into that information. Sure. 
Yeah, like I don't know if they're going to continue to play games. Like it just makes sense to have a halt to the season. Uh, but who knows? But who knows what's going to happen? So what they're planning on doing is having a week before the World Cup and a week after the World Cup. So um, I think the World Cup is only four weeks, but it'll be a one like five weeks from before, so the players can travel to Qatar wherever, uh, and then a week after for teams that are not or for leagues that are not having that international break or not having that winter break that they usually have so yeah. the Premier league is doing that i don't know how the other leagues are going to do it but uh it is they're doing their best given the circumstances yeah they lose two weeks anyway every season due to international play so so i mean that makes sense i don't feel like there'll be that many games behind they could at the very worst just start the season a week early and they'll yeah. finish on time so i think i think that makes sense uh i mean lucas like what i'm looking forward to this year is definitely the champions league i like i'm so excited for the next few phases the fact that we have psg real madrid like right off the bat is like gonna be so interesting to me that's like that's a head- headbanger um, and just seeing who's going to win it, right? Who, yeah. This is one of those years where I have no idea. I have no idea. Because PSG isn't what they lived up to be, and mm-hmm. Iron has their own issues going on with the, some of their players getting COVID and not recovering. You know, Kimmich just got reinstated to, to play again and is healthy enough to play, but I don't know. I don't know uh, what's going to happen there with Real Madrid, PSG, Chelsea, Liverpool, you know, Bayern, like, Anybody can win it. What's up? Any of those top four teams, top five teams can win it. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's going to be so interesting. But uh, every year we have the UEFA Champions League, and every year it delivers. Yeah, yeah. Going back to the World Cup, though, I, I actually want to make one additional comment. Okay. This World Cup will likely be the last one that we see of Lionel Messi and or Cristiano Ronaldo if Ronaldo wins, uh, yeah. if Ronaldo progresses and gets into the World Cup, yeah. which is insane. Like, it, we thought that it would be never-ending that we'd see, we'd see those guys, but, I mean, the next one's going to be in four years. Ronaldo is going to be uh, 40 years old, 30, uh, 42 years old. I don't know what it is. Uh, Messi's going to be 38 years old. Like, Yeah. Uh, it, it's just sad times, like seeing two goats uh, call it off, or like it, it'll be really sad for Portugal, especially because they've relied on Ronaldo for so many years, so many years, and it, it's possible that they, he won't even get to see the last opportunity of getting that World Cup. Yeah, because of his coach. Yeah, because of his coach. They, they like it's crazy because if they had any other manager, uh, it doesn't matter who. I, like they would be looked at as like one of the favorites and Argentina, you know, is looking pretty good too. So uh, either of them, if, if Ronaldo makes it, they both have like an opportunity to win one more for them. Do I think that's going to happen? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think either of them are going to win a World Cup in their career, which is unfortunate to say, but it's just, it is what it is. We'll see. And, we'll yeah. see. I mean, the reason, the reason Argentina weren't good is because they didn't have a goalie. Now they have uh, Emmy Martinez. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So Champions League. Who's your Who's your prediction to win the Champions League? 
If you were to put money, and I know you're a money guy, you like to make money, who would you put your bet on? All right. Uh, can we just can we just go to FanDuel and look at the odds? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So give me one sec. I'm gonna pull this up right now. I think. I'll just have my head. It, it, I think Man City is probably the favorite. Okay. Uh, then it would be Bayern. Then it would be Liverpool. And then PSG. So close, Lucas. You hit the first three right dead on. Uh, Man, City, Man City's plus 270 to win. Okay. Bayern's plus 350. Liverpool is plus 550. And then it goes Chelsea, uh, PSG, Ajax. So Chelsea's plus 750. PSG's 1,000. Ajax is plus 1,400. Real Madrid is all the way down at plus 1,800. Mm. Plus oh, 18. man. No way. Yeah, yeah. So, and Man United is just behind them at plus 2,000. And, you know, it's just so interesting to see the odds. The highest odds is Lisbon and Salzburg at plus 23,000 to win it all, which is going to be like a crazy long shot. But, damn, if I'm looking at this, I don't think, I I don't feel like PSG or Man City are going to win it this year. Just gut feeling. I just don't feel it. Uh, Looking at the odds, the best bet. Real Madrid, in my opinion. The best best bet is Real Madrid. So if I'm just, like, talking about, like, statistically speaking, based on performance and expectations, Real Madrid is the the one I'd bet. If they get past PSG, I I think that their odds improve considerably and they're going to move to, like, the third or fourth favorite. But Real Madrid is a great bet. Uh, If I had to pick right now, though, uh, I just feel like... It'd be between Liverpool and Bayern, and I just, I just feel like I could go with Bayern again. Yeah, I would go money-wise. Who I, who I'd bet on? Madrid. I would put my money on Madrid, who I think is gonna win based on the current circumstances and the matchups. Bayern. Yeah. All right, yeah. so I think we're in agreement there. Yeah, and uh, just for La Liga, we're just throwing out there: Real Madrid is minus four fifty to win it all. Uh, Man City is minus 1,200 in the Premier League, which kind of, I thought it would be similar to Real Madrid. It's kind of crazy to me that it's that big of a gap. You know, you have them at minus 1,200 and Liverpool's plus 900. And Chelsea's plus 4,400 4, to win it. So yeah. so that's that's super interesting to me. Uh, I think part of that is because of AFCON. You know, yeah. so I think the gap's going to also increase there. Uh, Serie A, Inter Milan's minus 320, which I think is is pretty good. And then you have, like, the AFCON, which I think maybe we should talk about next week. We should do some research because we don't talk AFCON because it's very hard to watch. We, I have no idea who has the rights to the tournament or anything. But uh, I'm, all for, I'm all for international tournaments. I'm not for uh, friendlies and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, so, so it's going to be cool to see. But... With that being said, Lucas, who do you think this year is going to have like a breakout year? Any player in any league, who do you think is going to be the player that just comes onto the scene and everyone's like, wow, this kid is incredible? Wow. Oh, man, that's such a tough question. Damn. Bukayo Saka. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. 
Because he is he is the focal point right now for Arsenal. Like, actually the focal point. Um, yep. Ever since that penalty miss against uh, Italy, he's really changed his mindset, his mentality, and he has developed his game so much, and he's improved so much. So I think he's going to continue to take that next step and be an important player for both England and Arsenal. I think that's a great pick. I think with Arsenal, right, their, their team, like, I, th- I think Chelsea also falls into this category, but there are, like, two teams in the Premier League that have, like, so, so much young talent, and I think Arsenal and Chelsea are, like, the two most talented in terms of young potential talent that you, they have, right? Because if you look at their players, like, Arsenal, like, basically six or seven of their starters are under 23 years old. Yeah. And so, and they're all they're all really good. So I just think it's it's really interesting. The potential for Arsenal is is great. And I think if you're an Arsenal fan, you know this is probably the most excited you've been in maybe like six years, seven years. I don't know. I can't remember the last time I was hyped to to watch them play every weekend. Uh, yeah, that's a great pick, Lucas. Who's yours? So I was going to go like deep sleeper and pick this kid named Charlie Patino, who's like in the youth squad at Arsenal. He's really good. He's left footed. He's a central central midfielder. Um, Reminds me of like Phil Foden a lot. But if I'm if I'm going to change my pick, right, because I don't want to do two Arsenal players. uh, I really think that. Like Ansu Fati, I just feel like. He has he's had so many flashes, but he's been hurt. But I just think that, you know, going into the World Cup and also like the start of next season, right? Or in, in the second half of this season, he's gonna develop to be the star that we thought he was gonna be when we saw him play at 17. So he'd be my pick. That that's a great pick. And uh going back to Charlie Patino, I'm not sure if that would be a good pick because as of now, where would he start? He wouldn't start over Saka. No, he he's start gonna, over. He wouldn't start over Odegaard. No, he, no. Play, he wouldn't play those positions. So he'd play lower, lower on but the pitch. Said, but you said he's a he's like a Phil Foden. In terms of like, in terms of like the the fact that he can play like all over the pitch. Like he's Foden, like Foden can't play CDM or center mid. So you don't think he can play center mid? No. No. I feel like he can. No. But. But I think that Patino is more of uh, like a central midfielder, central defensive midfielder who's left-footed. Like that's what I run out of. I I feel like he is the person that's going to eventually take Jaka's spot. Okay. So that's what I see him at. I mean, maybe that's that's two years down the line. I don't think I don't think it'll be now. No, so, no, exactly. That's why we have to chalk him off. Exactly. So that's why I changed it to Fatih too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Another shout, and uh, I mean, it's probably going to be probably one year or one and a half years, but I think it's going to be in the upcoming season. I'm going to need to find his name again. One second. Yusufa Mukoko. The striker striker from Borussia Dortmund. He's going to be a star once Holland leaves. And that's why I said not this season, but the wrapping around the 22-23 season, he's going to be so important for that side. Uh, Still only 17, I want to say. 
Yeah, he's still only 17. He made his debut at uh, 16 years old. And he's already been scoring goals whenever he's on the pitch. He's going to be one for the future. And I think once Holland leaves, he's going to take that striker role. That's an A-plus pick, Lucas. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, A-plus pick. How, it's crazy he's only 17. I feel like we've been talking about him for like a year and a half. I know. Yeah. I, I just, uh, he's, I mean, he physically looks like he's like 25, 26. He does. And like he's, I mean, Dortmund is just like so good at finding young talent and developing them and selling them. Uh, Sancho, like, is going to pick it up at Manchester United, but he's an example of like one of those players. Holland obviously was always good, but like just became greater. Giovanni Reina, Christian Pulisic, they can they can do this all day, and uh, I'm just excited to see them play. Like you were saying before. 100%. Going into that, Lucas, do we want to talk about some games that we're looking forward to that are coming up in the next weekend? I mean, yeah, sure. Because uh, let's let's do our bets right now. Okay. But I'm going to preface th- this by saying whatever I tell you to do, do the opposite. <laughs> because I have been absolutely cold with my bets. Like, insanely cold with my bets. And this is the weekend that you're going to happen to be, like, scorching hot again. Imagine. It probably will be true. How uh, it works. Yeah, the, there are a lot of matchups this weekend. There's uh, La Liga's back. Serie A is back. We have the FA Cup. Um, Bundesliga is still on a break. And La, and League O, I believe, is back as well. Um, but yeah, let, let me get started with, with my first pick. Okay. In the FA Cup, Brian versus West Brom at plus 105. Money line. Okay. Yeah, this is an FA Cup kind of weekend, isn't it? It is. All right, I'm going to just go on a limb, even though I'm pretty sure I'm going to be wrong, but I'm going to pick Mönchengladbach to beat Bayern Munich today at plus, 700, at plus 700, just because, I don't know, man. I mean, we lose a lot of the time. We might as well have something with good odds that I like. Mönchengladbach always plays Bayern Munich pretty tough. Uh, if you want the double chance, right, the tie and the Dortmund win, that's plus 240. So... Still good odds there, but uh, I just feel like if we're gonna we're gonna lose some bets, we might as well just be bold with our predictions. And I really like the Mönchengladbach pick at plus seven hundred, and then the double chance at plus two forty. I like that. I like that. My second one is another FA Cup game: uh, Everton money line minus one twenty versus Hull City. I'm not sure how Hull is doing right at the moment, but I know Everton, I mean, they should win. They should win. They have Dominic Calvert-Lewin back. Uh, they have Damari Gray, who's been in fine form. Uh, I think this is just a must for them to win. Yeah. Uh, I really like... Oh, this is going to be tough, but for Swindon versus Man City... Uh, I like the goals, like the over goals, right? So uh, <laughs> six or more goals is plus 210. Exactly five goals is plus 400. Exactly four goals is plus 360. So, you know, I was looking for like the over under for goals. And unfortunately, the 
basically like the over you can go, the highest over you can go is three and a half. And even the three and a half bet, right? It's like minus, uh, what is it? Over three and a half goals is minus 225, which I think is going to happen. Like that's guaranteed to happen in my head. There's no way Man City just beats Swindon Town. Three yeah. and a half. Okay. But uh, I like that bet, right? And then also if I'm going to go to uh, basically, what is it? Both teams to score is minus 240, which I don't think Swindon is going to score. So there's that too. Uh, you could just do a lot with this game, but I, I'm bold. You know, I already bet Monchin Gladbach to beat Bayern today. So I'm just going to go for uh, six or more goals at plus two. What is it? Plus 220. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All so right. I just had them beating them six nothing. Uh, exactly five goals is so tempting at plus 410, but you just got to go for it at plus 220. All right. Uh, I mean, I'm going to stick with that same theme and stick with the goals. This time it's a Premier League team versus a Premier League team in the FA Cup. And it is West Ham versus Leeds over two and a half goals at minus 130. I also like the over three and a half goals at plus 190. Both teams have been known to score. Uh, both teams have been known to be very poor defensively. So I like either of those options. Whichever one you're more comfortable with, go with it. Um, but I would put the over two and a half for sure. So, yeah. So, I mean, is there any other bet that you have that you want to pick on? I always feel like whenever there's like a domestic cup, right? Like the FA cup, you always, you don't want to bet the favorites just only because yeah. you get that good, uh, that good, like return on investment for the amount of money you're going to risk, but over goals, for sure is something that's possible and like over three and a half is more than likely to happen especially if you have something like you know man city versus swindon town or you know liverpool it just happens to get like a low league fourth division or fifth division team just as an example but both you know both interesting methods uh i like our bets yeah I Even do though they're long shots i do like them and we'll see what happens with them yeah, I mean, if you come out with uh, Gladbach beating Bayern today, that would be insane. I'll, I'll go nuts. <laughs> yeah, man. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. This podcast will post before then, so I'll either get crucified or if I <laughs> wait till after and we post it. I'll just edit that part out and we'll see what yeah. happens. There you go. <laughs> I love it. All right, Lucas. Well, you know, like the FA Cup is going to be going on this weekend, right? So for... The Prem, like, I don't know. Like, there's nothing to talk about, right? Yeah. But, like, is there any other FA Cup matchup that you like that's this weekend? Um, to be honest, I haven't really been paying attention to the FA Cup okay. as, as frequently. But I know United is playing, uh, I want to say, Aston Villa on Monday. So that is a juicy matchup. That is another Prem versus Prem matchup. Um, it can go either way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm gonna say for fixtures, like I want to talk about Syria first, if you want to, too. So like Syria, we have Roma, Juventus, and then Inter and Lazio. So I like both of these games uh, just to start, right? We could also do Atalanta Udinese over three and a half if we want to bet the goals, right? Like we could do that too. All right. All right. Yeah. We're, we're just throwing in more bets there. 
Yeah, we are. We've just become more betting oriented as this podcast has gone on. <laughs> I love it. For La Liga, right? There's, uh, I mean, there's like Real Madrid, Valencia, Barcelona, Granada, which isn't that big of a fixture. Villarreal, Atletico. It's just these matchups are like interesting, but there's nothing that stands out here. It's really just the Serie A games that I'm looking at that I just find interesting. Yeah, I mean, and Serie A is the only one that is close right now uh, in terms of top four and and in terms of like the league itself, the title. Uh, there was a great matchup yesterday in the city. Uh, uh, Roma versus Milan. Milan ended up winning three one, but it was it was an exciting contest. Oh, you watched it? I did watch it. Yeah, it was Milan were up two nil. Roma pulled one back. They had a penalty shout that wasn't called a penalty. Um, yeah, it was it was a crazy game. And then Milan ended up scoring a third and then pretty much solidifying the win. Yeah, I mean, Inter, like, just continues to tear it up. And I know they, they had a game against Calgary that was postponed. Uh, I don't know, I don't know, like, what's going on, really, like, if the, whether or not they're going to have the, the game against Lazio this weekend, because I didn't read if it was really Calgary with these issues or Inter. But, um, but yeah, like... I mean, uh, Inter, even with the game in hand, they're one point ahead of Milan... They're 14 goals ahead of a uh, goal differential ahead. I mean, if they don't win the league, it, it'll be shocking. For sure. I agree. I agree 100%. And yeah. with that being said, Lucas, I feel like we've covered a lot today. So is there anything else you would like to talk about? Uh, No, yeah. Like you said, we did cover so much. Um, As always, enjoy them, Techers. They'll... <laughs> I had a meeting in my, in my work, and they asked me what I did over the winter break or uh, over the holidays. I'm like, there was soccer every single day. And I'm like, I watch soccer. And my VP was like, my husband loves it. He was watching every single day. It's nonstop. I'm like, yeah, that, that's what I do. Yeah. the Doing that, right, the setup is so bad for the players, but so great for the fans. Yeah. Like, yeah. I really, I really like it when there's games on. Like, I, I remember we were so depressed during COVID when they did the lockdown, and then one of the happiest times, like, is when it just started to open up, and there was a game every single day, and we watched no matter what was going on. It was incredible. Yeah, so much fun, and then that's when the gambling really started, and that's when this podcast yeah. Really started. Yeah, that's that's really when it started. For sure. All right, well, with that being said, we enjoy them, Techers. Uh, Have a happy new year, everybody. And I hope you enjoy the show. See you next week.